Hello, and welcome to another episode in the Doing Business in Milan podcast series. I'm your host, Maria Lassala. As always, we'll be meeting another member of the English-speaking community here in Milan. In this episode, I'm speaking with Karen Rigatti. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Karen Rigatti is a certified professional counselor here in Milan. She works with both individuals and couples. She specializes in helping clients navigate challenging periods in their lives, whether professional or personal. Her areas of expertise include cross-cultural relationship issues, work-related conflicts, and life transitions such as marriage and new parenthood. Being the mother of two young girls and having an intercultural family herself, she has a special focus on the unique challenges that new mothers face in a foreign country, ranging from interpersonal dynamics between the couple to parenting issues and beyond. An American, originally from Arlington, Virginia, Karen graduated with a degree in psychology from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. She transferred to San Francisco and then to London before moving to Milan in 2008, where she makes her home now with her two daughters who were born here. Prior to opening her counseling practice, she served as Director of Behavioral Health at Northern Virginia Doctors Hospital, and she led the European recruiting team at the London office of international law firm Oric Harrington and Sutcliffe. Karen is an accredited member of both the American Counseling Association and ASSO Counseling in Italy, holding a master's degree in counseling from the Centro Berne here in Milan. Welcome, Karen. I'm so glad to have you with us. Thank you, Maria. I'm happy to be here. Yes, thanks so much for agreeing. We've known each other, I think, uh, I would say about a year now. Right, just about a year. Yeah, we met through PWA, and I was looking, and it looks like this is your anniversary date with Milan, isn't it, that you moved here in uh, in March, was it, in 2008? Yes. So this makes six years now that you've been here. Almost to the day, six years exactly. Oh, my gracious. Okay, yes, I've been here 13. Okay. So got to be. Yes, you've been to double digits now. Yes, I am. So... Uh, before you came here, you were living in London, is that correct? I was. I was in London for one year, and prior to that, I was in San Francisco for 10 years, all that time working for um, an international law firm overseeing uh, attorney recruiting, as you mentioned. I was doing that for the European offices in London, and prior to that, I was doing it for the U.S. offices out of San Francisco. And uh, before San Francisco, you were in Virginia, is that right? Before San Francisco, I was actually in Spain, and uh, prior to that, I was uh, in the Washington, D.C. area for about two years um, after college. Oh, okay. Oh, so I missed Spain in your biography. You know, I, um, I, I did go back there for about a year after... Uh, I had been in the D.C. area, and then the the, the hospital I was working for, the admissions department, um, was bought, and the unit that we, I was in was closed. So I decided it was a good time to go back to Spain, where I had lived in college for a year, and so had a little stint there. Um, and then when I came back, decided to go to San Francisco. So yeah, there was a little uh, a little international jump there. A little sabbatical, right? Spain, yeah, yeah. wonderful. 
And so what brought you to Milan? Well, I met the father of my daughters while I was living in London, and he is Italian and was living here in Milan. So um, after the long distance back and forth, I decided to pick up stakes and come here. Yeah, that is sort of the the standard thing, isn't it? The men never want to ma- leave. So, <laughs> it's a pretty common story. I was surprised at just how common it is once I got here. Yes, we moved to where the mother-in-law is now, don't we? <laughs> uh, so, I guess I mean uh, I'm always curious if if there's anything ever in your past that made you think that you'd move abroad, but you had actually um, you lived in in Spain. Uh, Right. At, a, at a young age, when you were uh, still in college, you mentioned. Right. So Spain two times in my 20s and then was in the States for many years and then it, uh, that year in London. So given that I was already living abroad when I when I met uh, the father of my girls, um, it, you know, the idea of staying abroad certainly didn't feel um how can I say, overwhelming. I think that it made my adjustment to living in Italy um, much easier given my previous experiences of living abroad before, since it's an adjustment no matter what, but it it felt less shocking. Okay, you knew that it was doable as opposed to, I know for me, I felt like, oh my God, I'm moving to another country. How, how, what will I do? Whereas for you, it wasn't quite as... uh overwhelming as a project. The first time, it can feel like you're moving to another planet. And then beyond that, it can feel like, well, it's a new country, but I've done this before. And um, uh, so I'll learn what there is to learn there versus, oh, my gosh, it, it, it feels like another world entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So even though, even you, though were you were prepared, prepared to a degree, uh, did you have any particular challenges that you felt like were more specific to Italy? I guess I, I had thought about that. Um, I think in general, not necessarily any more so with Italy, um, perhaps more so with Italy versus London. Um, but it's so much for me a question of readjusting expectations in all that that means. Um, and it might sound obvious, but understanding and internalizing um, the reality that Things big and small are done differently and uh, how you interact with people uh, on a day-to-day basis, how much information you share of a personal nature, expectations regarding customer service, you know, the list goes on and on. Things are done differently, um, sometimes um, wildly differently, sometimes only subtly so. But uh, the time that it takes to understand those differences and changes and integrate them into your, rather my way of being, uh, I have found that to be the most challenging um, in the beginning part of getting settled. Um, And over time, also one of the most rewarding once a level of comfort is achieved. Uh, I know I was thinking of of a a strange culture shock moment that I had um, myself when I first moved here is I was uh, speaking, I was working in the, in the apparel business and I was out at a factory and I was uh, speaking to a, uh, a, an employee of the, the factory and who spoke in English because my Italian was not good. And uh, actually I called him one day and he answered the phone and he said, oh, Maria, he said, oh, you are beautiful like a flower. <laughs> and I was instantly really offended <laughs> Because I thought, well, you don't 
speak to you know your business associates that way right. and then I thought to myself if he had said it in Italian I probably would have just shrugged it off but because it was in English so it made me kind of go back to my roots that uh, that it was kind of like no you don't talk you know you chauvinist right right but uh, I wondered if you have had any like any culture shock moments that stand out in your well memory. there's one um that I remember from years ago, I guess I had only been here, I don't know, maybe a year. And I remember we were having a terrible time with the washing machine. Um, and it was a Friday night and it was really just um, spilling water everywhere. No, I had been here more than a year because I already had my first daughter. So maybe I had been here too. But, um, you know, laundry with a newborn as an American, um, you're used to pretty much having that machine going night and day. And it was a Friday night and the thing wasn't working. And um, I was just three shades of frustrated and near panic. The idea that my washing machine wouldn't work. Um, you know, this was just a real crisis. Well, the, the plumber who um, just couldn't be a nicer guy. It was 1130 on a Friday night. I'll never forget it. Um, we finally got a hold of him. I can't remember what the problem was, why we couldn't get a hold of him. But we, he finally did call us back in the, that late in the evening and came over to the house. Um, he understood that it was just very important that it could be fixed. And we sat and chatted until well after midnight. He fixed the darn washing machine. And I, I remember shaking my head thinking, there is no way ever in any place I've lived in the United States that this would ever happen. And it was one of those moments where I just loved that uh, that difference between what people will do for you here um, if they know you and want to and the idea in the States that, well, it doesn't work that way. I mean, we'll open faithfully at 9 a.m. on Monday, come hell or high water, but the idea of that kind of extra personal attention, just there it, it, it was a huge difference for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, in fact, I'm thinking that um, probably a lot of other foreigners like us would love to get this plumber right. phone number <laughs> because we can't always find the Italians that are that are right. quite interested in that level of service, service. either. Um, okay, so tell me about what it is that you do. You are a certified professional professional counselor, and that, I guess. I, doesn't tell me exactly what I think that you probably deal with crazy people. Well, what, what is it that you actually do? You know, and that brings up a good point because there is, I, I think, a lot of confusion around the world of therapy and counselors and therapists. And understandably, it's all pretty confusing. I think generally people understand that there's a difference between psychiatrists and everyone else. But beyond that, I think it gets a little complicated. And so I try to keep it relatively simple um, because uh, too much detail just continues to complicate matters more. Um, counseling is derived from psychology. It's born out of psychology. The idea behind counseling is that um, psychology and uh, therapy, traditional therapy, is often more than what a lot of people need and want. For people who are generally uh, healthy, high-functioning, um, don't have any um, long-standing, uh, how should I say, um, deep-rooted deep issues or certainly no diagnosed uh, personality disorder and certainly not any you know, need for medication, um, they are in a, a group of people that would like to get some help 
dealing with a period of difficulty in their lives um, that's more rooted in the here and now. It's not going to be a process which analyzes every memory you've had around conscious or repressed since, you know, you were born. It's not going to deal with um, uh, a, a personality disorder, which, which might require a more in-depth um, analysis or therapy or medication. It's going to be for people who, like I said, um, need some help dealing with a period of difficulty related to any number of factors, but who are essentially healthy and high functioning, um, but are not able either on their own or, or through talking with friends or family to find ways to deal with what it is that they're struggling with. Um, and there can also be a blended approach. I, I do work with um, other therapists and sometimes psychiatrists for uh, clients who do need to be on medication and need a different kind of monitoring because that is beyond the scope of what I do, but we can often do a blended approach for people who need more but who uh, feel comfortable with the kind of talk therapy that counseling provides. Ah, okay. okay. I, can, I can see that making sense where uh, yeah, I'm thinking sort of the, the bedside manner of the, the average doctor, um, I might go in there and chat with him and get my prescription, but I can't imagine going in there and really unburdening myself, especially in Italian, trying to make it understood. And that's another important point. I work um, almost exclusively with expats um, uh, in English. And as anybody who lives here in Milan who is foreign knows, getting by in your day-to-day life is one thing, um, but when you really want to deal with your innermost feelings and um, problems, you want to be able to express yourself freely and make sure that the other person um, who's helping you understands all the nuances. So mostly uh, people seem to feel more comfortable doing that in in either their native language, if it's English, or in English, if it's not their native language, but they're stronger in English than in Italian. That would certainly be the case for me, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I know. I was. I still, even after all these years, I still sort of prepare myself before I go to the doctor to explain exactly right. what my issues are. Right, and it's just because I don't have the vocabulary. That's right, and it requires a whole different level of attention, and you might still miss a few things. And when you're dealing with either your medical health or your emotional health, you really don't want to miss anything. Right. Right. And also, it's just sort of a different sort of care that, and a different sort of a cultural attachment that we sort of have, too, as well, yeah. whereas, uh, you know, the doctor may be sort of, well, well, you need to spend more time with your family and, you know, <laughs> watch more television, whereas you think, no, no, that's not what I need. I need, the, I need somebody who understands my culture. Absolutely, and there are things that you don't even realize um, that, that play into how you interact with others, you, the world, your view of yourself, that stems so much from uh, where you were raised, the country where you're from. And to have somebody uh, who is not only helping you with your problems, but who also just inherently understands some of some of these unspoken um, cultural mm, touchstones, if you will, it, it, it can go a long way toward creating an important uh, bond in the client counselor relationship. So what, what sort of problems do clients typically come to you for help with? Well, you mentioned quite a number of them. Um, uh, intercultural relationship problems is a big one, cultural adjustment, um, new 
pregnancy and new parenthood, um, typically with uh, the moms-to-be, sometimes with couples as well. Um, stress, anxiety, and mild depression uh, in, in, for a variety of reasons, either personal factors or work-related factors. Um, so those are, those are the main ones. And I, we had talked a little bit about um, one of your special projects that you're working on now related to expectant mothers. Yes. Um, as I've mentioned, one of the areas that I really enjoy focusing on is working with clients who are going through the process of becoming uh, parents and doing it here in foreign country because the 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 exciting role of becoming a parent is is new and slightly overwhelming for everyone, but there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't realize that you picked up on from growing up in your country. So when you it's time to have a baby, you know how the medical system works, you know what products to to buy more or less, you've seen commercials, you know what your parents used, you may have done babysitting. Um, there's just a whole host of things that even if you've never been a parent before, you've got a lot of information. When you start to go down this road in a foreign country, you're really um, at ground zero in every way, and it can feel overwhelming. So one of the things that I wanted to do after going through this experience myself and uh, knowing a lot of women who had a similar experience, which is moving to a foreign country and getting pregnant shortly thereafter and having to navigate these murky waters, I wanted to create a group for expecting expats. Um, moms-to-be who are uh, foreign and English-speaking and want part counseling, part practical advice, part place to meet uh, other women like themselves. And um, so I'm setting up a group, uh, like I said, called Expecting Expats to address uh, some of these various issues, um, again, some practical, some more psychological and emotional um, surrounding this, er- this topic of becoming a mom in a foreign country. Wow, I've never had a child, but um, as you said, it's already an overwhelming sort of a situation um, in your home country. So I cannot even imagine trying to do it over here without some sort of a support system to keep me from making mistakes and probably falling apart when I did. (laughs) Right, right. And just sometimes having other people who are in the same boat as you, there's, you know, there's safety in numbers and there's huge comfort in knowing that other people are going through the same thing. So even just that component of having a chance to put some of these women in touch with one another, um, I think would be really helpful. Yeah, sharing the fact that this experience is not uh, not just something that you're going through, that's something that is normal for uh, expecting mothers to be going through, especially in a foreign country, right. just to know that they're they're not losing their minds. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing more about when you get that started. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, Karen, I want to thank you so much again for being my guest. My pleasure. It was a joy to be here today. Okay. okay. I have been talking with Karen Rigatti, and you can reach Karen at her website, KarenRigatti.com, and you can find all of the details in the podcast show notes at DoingBusinessInMilan.com. Once again, this is Maria Lasselis. Thanks so much for joining us, and I look forward to hearing from you again. Bye-bye.